Illinois had a struggle early, kind of a sluggish start, first game back from the islands. But they pull away near the end of the half, and they wind up going to win it here big. 86-67 over Mississippi Valley State. Second win of the year for the Illini. 86-67 is the final. And a nice Sunday afternoon win for the Illini to uh, get the jet lag out of their system as the Illini handle Mississippi Valley State today and go on to get back in the win column, snapping a four-game losing streak. How you doing, everybody? Scott Beatty alongside Tim Nettman. Coming up, the Fasteners, etc. post-game show. We'll talk about this one. Also, we can expand the boundaries a little bit as the big Illini news of the day. Lovey Smith gets a two-year contract extension. Josh Whitman, athletic director, making that announcement today. So that's up for discussion as well as we bring you the Fasteners, etc. post-game show. But first things first... Our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management and Stocks Office Furniture. Tim. Well, one of the few remaining games on the schedule where Brad Underwood can do a little experimenting, and we saw him get a lot of guys in. We saw more of Georgie and Adonis on the floor at the same time. We saw a little bit of that out in Maui. Kipper Nichols, I think, rebounded very well after his poor performance out in Maui. He had a uh, decent game with 14 points. We saw Samba Kane. Uh, I think room for improvement there. I'll just leave that at that for now, and maybe some of our callers and texters will want to go into more detail. Uh, and the Illini again today shot a lot of threes. They ended up going 16 of 30 from three. And I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because on the last postgame show we did after Maui, I said, yeah, way too many threes. But honestly, I thought a lot of the looks they had tonight from long range were pretty good. And there were even a couple times on press row where I said, shoot it, you know, shoot the three. So I didn't have as big of a problem with that tonight. Neither did they as they made 16 of them to tie a program record for a single game. One was against McKendry a couple of years ago. The other was against Arizona on March 26, 2005. I believe that one resulted in a win. I think. I think that one, I think that was a good game. Uh, and today they make 16 of 30 as well. And Io DeSumo. Just six points, but nine rebounds and nine assists in 32 minutes of play. We can talk about all that. Here's how you get in touch with us. The PNC Bank fan line is 356-9397. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. You can tweet at us using the hashtag PNC Bank Illini. And uh, you can tweet at uh, me, too, if you want. I'm at Scott underscore Beatty. All kinds of options here for you. Back with the Fasters, etc. post-game show slash post-lovey contract extension show if you want, right after this. The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station. <laughs> Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357.
Now, the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show with your host, Scott Beatty. Nichols out top to Sumu. Left wing Frazier shoots a three and got it. Trent Frazier, second three of the day. He's off to a fast start. Eight of the Illini, 11 points. Left corner Frazier out top Kipper. Open three. Good. Kipper Nichols with a three. The Illini bearing three pointers and they've jumped out to a six point lead. The first 13 shots the Illini took today were from three point land. So they were three happy today. Illinois wins it 86-67 over Mississippi Valley State. The record now two and four. The Delta Devils are one and six. Welcome in, everybody. Fasters, etc. Postgame show. Glad to be with you. Scott Beatty here along with Tim Dittman. Our producer engineer is Evan Kahn. And we go to the phones here to get things going. As soon as I look up the uh, login here on the whole f- system, and now I'm in, and we go to Nick in Springfield. Hello, Nick. Hey, Scott, uh, you stole what, one of the things I was going to say. I was at the game, uh, and I looked up at the scoreboard at one point and saw that we were five of ten in the field, and they were all threes, and then kind of just tracked and saw that our thir- first 13 shots were threes. I'm okay with the amount of threes, though. I think they were good shots. Uh, just would like to see us get in the post more. And then one positive, like another positive, is uh, I, I like the block. We got several blocks today, and that, that was good, so. I'll hang up and listen to the rest of the show. I just had a couple points from the game and uh, had a good time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for your comment, Nick. Um, I, I agree with you and, and what you said earlier, Tim. They were good shots and they were making them. They just won't be there like that day in and day out in the kind of competition Illinois plays. No, and to the Paul, uh, caller's point, you know, Illinois' strength this year, and you could argue their only strength, sorry that's being a little blunt, but you could argue that, is their guard play. I mean, Illinois is going to get the majority of their offensive production from their guards. Brad Underwood even acknowledged that preseason. He said, yeah, you know, this is me paraphrasing. Yeah, maybe a little lacking, you know, in the uh, in the uh, front court. Our forwards are probably going to be our leading rebounders. I remember that quote directly from his preseason news conference. I wrote it down uh, so I wouldn't forget it. Um, Illinois is just going to have to do the best they can in the front court. I think at this point you probably – Ride Georgie as your starting big man until Adonis De La Rosa can get back up to speed. And I think Samba Kane uh, has a longer way to go than I thought. You know, I thought he played decent today. He had one of those three blocks that the caller mentioned. Uh, Georgie had another, and Adonis uh, had the third. You know, I think there's some potential there. He can be a rim protector, but I think he's got a long way to go. He does. I don't know what kind of minutes he gets going forward against solid competition. It was fun to see him out there, though. He did hit a nifty little turnaround, and good to see him have a slam as well. Uh, he's tall, and he can mm-hmm. take up some space. But uh, the other reason for Georgie out there is there's nobody that runs the offense as well as Georgie does. You know, They didn't use much of the pinch post today at all, mm-hmm. but nobody passes out of that like Georgie does. So he is right now, especially in this system, your most valuable big. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number to call. That's the PNC Bank phone line. PNC Bank is the official bank at the University of Illinois. Back to the phones and Oklahoma, where we find Ken and Jenks. Hey, Ken. Well, thank you for taking my call. I have. I want to discuss two things. First, I want to talk about the Illini football game. I. I mean, team. I was really surprised that uh, they extended uh, Lovey's contract. I heard uh, Lauren yesterday uh, on the, uh, your sports call on the show, and uh, somebody asked him whether or not they thought that uh, 
Lovey should get a new contract and, I mean, let, let him go. And I said, yeah, we'll be considering it. So that's number one. And I want you guys to give me what you think about that, about his new contract. And two, I was, you know, I was really happy today with what's going on. Um, do you know what our record is against the ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge? Not off the top of our head, but we can find that out. Would you? I'll, I'll be listening because I always listen to you. So uh, anyhow, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You, do, you guys do a great job. I appreciate it as well, Ken. Uh, yeah, and as we said at the outset, we can talk about Lovey's extension if you like. Uh, a two-year extension announced today. I think it all comes down to one thing: buyout, and or maybe a nicer way of saying that contract terms. If he's getting a two-year contract extension, and Josh Whitman and in Illinois Athletics is now saddled with a much larger um, anchor because of money with it, then it is a head-scratcher a bit. But on the flip side of it, if it's a structure in a way where if a change needs to be made, it can be made down the road, whether it's next year, in two years, or, or whatever. And I'm not saying that's what will happen, but contracts are written not for so much for the time while the coach is with you, but it's they're written for separations. And if it's written in a way that is is good to the head coach but also does not uh, weigh down Illinois, I th- I can see some wisdom in this move. I really like Josh Whitman coming out in front of all this the day after. I like him acknowledging what he called a growing narrative and saying, I want to address this up front. And I like him saying, and this is the strategy we're taking, and here's why. I really applaud his openness. There is a long posting on fightingillini.com where he writes an open letter to the fans and says this is what I'm doing and why and gives you an opportunity to buy in or not it's your choice whether you like it or not and I've already seen uh, I've been told directly and and seen on social media a number of people that don't like this move whatsoever but he gives his reasons and they're not crazy reasons you can disagree but they're not crazy he is trying to say to, hey, incoming recruits, this is your guy. You don't have to come here and wonder if your coach is going to be here. He's trying to say to a potential defensive coordinator, you don't have to worry about whether your boss is going to be gone in a year, and thus you'll be looking for a job again as well. And he's trying to say to people like us, say, hey, you don't need to spend your time wondering if Lovey Smith has a job or not. He does. He's staying. We're building on this. And he outlines his reasons why. The basic reasons... There's been more wins. There's been some improvement in the offense. There's been some things that have hampered the growth of the team beyond their control, like injuries. Those are some of the reasons that Whitman has has lined out. And the biggest reason, the biggest reason he's banking is if you keep making coaching changes, your program generally doesn't get better. You need stability. And in a very general sense, and I'm sorry if I'm getting long-winded here, and in a very general sense, stability does build programs. So is this a good move? Well, obviously only time will tell that. But I do applaud the forthrightness and openness about this decision. Yeah, I will say, you know, it was good to Josh Whitman to get out in front of this. A lot of that letter, in my opinion, let's face it, was just PR trying to calm people down. Um, So I don't 
put a ton of stock in that. I mean, the take-home point is that Lovey is getting an extension, and for the exact reasons that you mentioned, Scott, it's for stability in recruiting, and it's uh, for stability in coaching. Lovey can tell these recruits and can tell uh, any incoming assistant coaches, yes, I'm going to be here for a long time. I'm still going to be your head coach by the time that you're a senior. The big thing to me was, you know, this goes out to 2023. Lovey Smith will be 65 by then. And we all know college coaching is a profession that takes years off your life. Mm. To me, you know, there was speculation from the very beginning. Well, you know, how long is is Lovey going to be around? Is he just going to be here for three years and then call it a career? I mean, he's certainly well off financially, given all of his, you know, previous coaching jobs, assuming he managed his finances well. To me, this is not only a commitment from Josh Whitman, this is a commitment from Lovey Smith to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be here. Now, that said, and I know I'm going to get blue in the face on this, and I said it on yesterday's postgame show, and I've said it on millions and millions of postgame shows, next year is the year. To me, I expect Illinois to go to a bowl next year. If not, they have to show major, major progress. What exactly that looks like, I don't know. But if Illinois is not playing in the postseason next year, I think Lovey Smith and Josh Whitman have a have to have, to have a heart to heart, and Josh sits Lovey down and says, "Okay, tell me why everything you're doing is working, and tell me why we shouldn't make wholesale changes." Because if if it's another four win, I mean, you, yeah, they double the wins two to four. I mean, to me, <laughs> yeah, that 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 doesn't carry a whole. I mean. I doubled the amount of girlfriends I have. Zero times two is still zero. I mean, you know, it doesn't it doesn't carry a whole lot of water with me. Well, if, if Josh Whitman though has not looked the other way on the the obvious issues, I mean, eight losses, lopsided losses. He he acknowledged all of those. He did, and I'll give him so, credit for that. And and saying that I to me saying that he's extended two more years doesn't saying he's definitely the coach for five more years he's saying I'm giving him a contract extension right and I'm committed to him but this is not um, a situation under no circumstances would I ever consider making a switch that again the contract is written so that a separation can be made in a fair way to both parties right and maybe I, I didn't make myself clear when I made my point a moment ago you know a lot of the callers on the football post game shows have brought it up. I mean, Lovey is a real old school X's and O's kind of guy. Doesn't show a lot of emotion on the sidelines. He's just a student of the game. I'm guessing he spends a lot of his time in the film room as a coach should, but he's not a Bill Cubit type where he's going to be making thousands of appearances throughout the year. And again, you can go on one side or the other whether you think your head coach should be doing those sort of things and whether, you know, there's some purists out there who say, well, of course, you know, the coach should be in the film room because that's his job is to putting a winning team out there on the field. But what I'm saying is if 2019 Illinois football is the same as 2018, I think Josh Whitman sits Lovey Smith down and says, all right, we've already committed to you through 2023, or at least we have – uh, extended your contract and and given off the indication that you are our guy long term, but we need to take a look at how you're running your program, and maybe change up a few things. And I'm not even talking X's and O schemes. I'm talking about, you know, the type of players you recruit, the type of assistant coaches you bring in. Because, I mean, another four win season next year isn't going to do anything for anybody. And it sounds like Josh Whitman is 
regularly having those discussions. I would hope so. Way he indicates, as opposed to a guy that just says, "All right, you run your program. I'll check in with you after the end of each year and let you know what's going on." Right. Uh, You know, Josh Whitman seems to be pretty intimately involved, and in a way that we can only assume is, uh, you know, a good working relationship for both of them. You know, he is, after all, Lovey Smith's boss, but he also knows the game of football, college football, college football at Illinois pretty well, too. So, all right, you guys uh, can weigh in as well, 351-5357 on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. And we're hopping hat back and forth here after Illinois basketball's win, 86-67 between that and the news of it, Lovey Smith's contract extension today. Uh, Brian in Idaho says the good, we won. Iowa stat line. Kane appears like he can catch the ball and recover on defense. Will be our best big in time. The bad opponent today is Kempom's 347th. They shot nearly 50% and hung around most of the game. Perspective, Nat, uh, Nebraska beat those guys by 69. They did. It was the opening game of the season, but yes. Uh, rebounding defense, the ugly. Uh, round, uh, Underwood blaming travel for poor play. There's a good chance we start 2-7 and seven this year. Yikes, elephant in the room. Whitman, Whitman extends loving and sends out a letter to fans that reeks of loser mentality. There's one reaction to that. Um, Benny says that Lovey's too stubborn to change his conservative Tampa to defense. And Clark says, Slick Rick and Clark back and pumped for Illinois basketball. Can't say enough about Io. He's fun to watch and just lets the game come to him. Not going to make a lot of conclusions after this game, but it's going to be fun to watch these young guys play and grow throughout the year. And congrats to Lovey on his contract extension. There's a positive one. Go Illini. And you know what? Just looking at some of the Twitter responses out there, they're they're pretty split. We're in a polarized society, Tim. We have to bring people <laughs> you, together. You think? <laughs> We're back in a moment. Fasteners, etc. Post game show. You're listening to the Fasteners, etc. Post game show. Join the conversation by calling us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217 356 9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 351 5357. Tend to shoot, Dosumu, left wing to Jordan, inside to Kipper at the free throw line. 15-footer Kipper is good. He thought about it for a moment. Kipper Nichols, who had four points in the loss to Xavier. Here's a pass inside to Kipper Nichols. Turnaround jumper, banked it up and in. And Kipper Nichols, who struggled in the Maui Invitational in double figures. And he's up to 12 points in the ballgame. Yeah, 14 points for Kipper Nichols today. Just one rebound. Want to see those go up. Yet. He was in the ball game early on off the bench. Did not start. Adonis De La Rosa with the start today as Illinois beats Mississippi Valley State 86-67. I was a little surprised by that, but if there's a game that you're going to do it, um, this is probably the weakest opponent Illinois is going to play all year. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly haven't looked up East Tennessee State, and they could be really good or really not. I don't know, but I'm guessing they might. those two maybe are probably the – well, keep. I mean, <laughs> I mean, does anybody know anything about East Tennessee State? I Notre mean, Dame on Tuesday night. I mean, keep keep in mind too that you know you go from Notre Dame right into your Big Ten season, Nebraska and Ohio State, and then UNLV at home, which will be topped, uh, tough, excuse me, and then you kind of drop back into some more winnable games with the aforementioned East Tennessee State. So this was the time for Brad Underwood to experiment. Uh, a 217 texture says the last three Illini football coaches went to a bowl in their third season. Yep. And in this case, uh, 
Lovey has had two recruiting classes, not three. So some are in that. This is the third season camp. Some are in this is, this is not. Um, but he's getting an extension nonetheless. I mean, you know, to me, I've I've heard that stat thrown about. You know, different eras, different teams, different coaches. I've just never been a fan of comparing, you know, a team five years ago or ten years ago to the current team. Two one seven texture says Samba looks to be a much better prospect than either of last two last year's two bigs. Coordinated, good hands, and he's not afraid to dunk it. I uh, coordinated no. I mean, once he got – it took him a little while to get that turnaround going. I mean, he really right. has to kind of gear up for it. But once he did, that was, a, that was a good shot. I do agree. I think there's a lot of potential, and he's certainly worth the time and effort. Um, when he can get there, I'm not sure. And, you know, when you only have to jump three feet, you'll probably dunk a lot. And that's I'm saying that's going to be Kane. That's going to be Kane. Fantastic. I'm saying that's a good thing. Uh, I would love to see Samba dunk as much as possible. Josh Whitman is a snake oil salesman. That's what Bill on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says. Josh Whitman is a snake oil salesman. It is time someone sits him down. The fact that he rarely talks to callers on radio shows speaks volumes. Is he good to... Well, he's a busy man, but is okay. He, is he too good to speak to the fans that pay his salary? Mike Thomas did that. He took calls on, on these airwaves. The assessment of Mike Thomas is Poor. not that very positive when it comes to the athletic decisions. Three five six nine three nine seven on the PNC Bank phone line, fan line, and the Castle Heating and Cooling text line as well. Evan Kahn has a look at our scoreboard as we check what else is going on today. How you doing, sir? Uh, we're doing all right. Pretty quiet in terms of college basketball. Everybody getting back from Thanksgiving break, but. There are a few games. There's another one in the Big Ten other than ours today. Northwestern took care of Utah 78-57. to That one was close through the first half, but Northwestern able to take care of business in the second. In the top 25 game at halftime right now, LSU and Oklahoma State playing part of that. Advocare Invitational and Oklahoma State leading the number 19 ranked LSU 42-37. And the recently... Knocked out of the top 25, Villanova, defending national champs. They take care of number 14, Florida State, 66-60. to Another one that was close throughout, and Villanova able to get back on the winning track. I think they lost two games last week. One of them was not very good, and they went from top 15 to out of the polls. Uh, I imagine they'll probably get some votes and start creeping their way back up as we move along. Thanks much, Evan. And just as we were, were talking about Josh Whitman uh, coming on radio shows, I've just been told he will be on with Monday Morning Quarterbacks on Penny for Your Thoughts tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with Lauren and Brian Barnhart. So there you go. You'll hear from Josh Whitman directly tomorrow on our AM side, News Talk 1400, 10 o'clock. Tune in. He'll be there right after the news. All right, uh, a bunch of calls to get to when we come back. Hang on, callers. We'll be with you. Also, some more text talking to Illinois basketball, a winner over Mississippi Valley State, and Lovey Smith's contract extensions. Stay with us. It's the Fasteners Etc. postgame show on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217 356 9397. Or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357.
Left wing Jordan with five, with four. Underwood outside Frazier with two, with one. Shoots a long three and got it. <laughs> Just like they drew it up. Trent Frazier knocks down a three at the buzzer. And the Illini, who were struggling to knock out the Delta Devils, finally put together a nice run at the end of the half. Yeah, the Illini closed out the half on a 10-0 run and held uh, the Delta Devils scoreless in the final three minutes of the first half. All adds up to a 19-point victory. Scott Beatty with you alongside Tim Dittman. It's the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. We're talking about Illinois basketball's victory today, talking about Lovey Smith's contract extension that was announced this morning. Any direction you want to go with those uh, those two topics here on on Fasters Etc. post game show. By the way, tomorrow on our AM side, Josh Whitman, athletic director, will be on the Monday Morning Quarterbacks program with Lauren Tate and Brian Barnhart. Back to the phones. Tom has been hanging on in Indianapolis. Hi, Tom. Hey guys. Actually, on my way back to Indianapolis. Uh, but um, you were uh, at the game. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah, and um, I'll just say this about the game, that um, it's one of those games that you really can't tell a whole lot, but it was a needed one of those needed games that you needed to get back in the win column for for everyone, you know, psyche, for the fans, the, the, the especially the, the, the team, the players, and the coaches. And um, like you said, it was one of those uh, kind of get-well games, so to speak. Um, as far as the Lovey Smith uh, extension, uh, uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, continuity, continuity and stability was the primary reason. Um, and, and, and to me, the recruiting is probably the most important. Uh, I wonder if they had some kind of inkling or intelligence or, you know, whatever information from some of the recruits that they were perhaps wavering. And uh, they knew they may have a problem, and that's why he acted. I think a lot of people, I thought that, he would for sure get next year, um, regardless of how fans felt, most because of how expensive the buyout was. And then, then you had to either, if you didn't fire him after next year, you definitely had to extend him uh, just for recruiting it for anything else. But I think Whitman must have felt he must have had to do that now. Um, I did not or have not been able to see the terms or the details of the, of, uh, of the buyout on the extension uh, because I've been driving. Maybe they haven't been released. They have not. Wanted to ask you guys. Okay, I want to ask you guys if you knew that. So yeah, I and I, and I really think whatever. that's where the whole crux of this is, um, you know, because again, if 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 Illinois gets saddled with a huge buyout with all this extension, that changes how this whole thing is framed. I mean, you know, at the same time, you don't just extend him uh, for nothing because that's you know, no coach wants to just be given lip service, but at the same time. There has to be a middle ground here, because Josh Whitman wants to be able to move forward. Well, it looks like he's kind of gone all in. If he's kind of tied himself to the anchor of the, um, you know, the SS Lovey Smith, so to speak. <laughs> Good <laughs> analogy. You know, by making this, you know, by making this decision. I mean, it's a kind of a decision that can, may. It, it, I'm not saying it will absolutely, but it could make or break an AD's career. So, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, was it Joe Paternal at the you know, he's one we can look back on with favor. But I think he made a statement once that uh, athletic directors usually only get a get a, uh, a chance to hire one football coach, uh, meaning that if you don't make a good football hire, uh, it has consequences. <laughs> yeah, it, it typically does. Hey, Tom, appreciate you weighing in. Hey, thanks, guys.
you know, talking about going all in, and Tim, you've said it several times, you put all his chips in the middle of the table. I feel like it's a scene out of a movie where now the guy is adding in his wristwatch and <laughs> here's the deed to my house. I'm putting that in the middle as well. I don't know if it's that extreme, but it's absolutely right. He is he is doubled down now on his hire for Lovey Smith. To the phones, it's Stephen Peoria. Hi, Steve. Scott, Tim, what's going on today? What up, Steve? Crazy weather. Happy Sunday. Yeah, I hope hey. you're staying uh, safe and dry. Oh, yeah. Ho- hope everybody out there coming home Thanksgiving, you know, it's going to be crazy. So just everybody take the time and be safe. Um, hey, it was nice to see everybody play today. Uh, had a, uh, a sighting of uh, Big Daddy Kane there. Uh, I myself, I'm, I'm kind of excited about him myself because I think that I think you played him today, so that means, you know, I heard maybe redshirt and this, so I think that's done and over with. Mm-hmm. So might, might as well just start playing him. You know, uh, I think he's got some potential. Um, and really, I think uh, in, in the long run this year, he might be better off than we might be better off with him than De La Rosa because I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, get that knee right or whatever and get back in shape. So I was happy about that. And um, uh, it seems like we just flow better with uh, the ball in Ayo's hands. I, I, I'd like to see him be the uh, um, the main uh, ball handler and let uh, uh, Trent get out on those wings and, and fly up and down the court a little bit. And, uh, Tim, did I hear you say you were at the game today? I was. Okay, well, I was, my, my son, I know he's listening. I want to thank him. He got me that uh, ESPN to go thing or Big Ten to go, whatever go. it is. Yeah. There you go. So I was watching the game today, and, and I'm, I'm watching our wings. And, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I heard the coach talking about our wings sprinting down the floor. That's what he wants and this and that other. Those guys look like they're going half speed to me, and maybe it's you know I'm just watching on the computer screen. So you're there. How do you see them? Are they are they sprinting up and down the floor? Well, I'll be honest. You know that was not an area of emphasis that I looked at in today's game. Usually, I obviously watch the flow of the game, where the ball is going, and then I maybe hone in on one or two particular players. Like for example, today I followed Samba a lot, even when he didn't have the ball. I followed Adonis a lot, even when he didn't have the ball, because he got the start, and I wanted to see how he did. Um, as far as guys getting after it and running up and down the court, I didn't see anything that led me to believe that they weren't doing that. That's about all I can say there. Okay. But, but but it's okay. a good it's a good point, Steve. I'll be looking for that uh, in future games. All right. Hey, Steve, I got okay. a tr- Steve, I got a treat here for you. Hang on. Oh, Simeon, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, Steve. <laughs> man, Simeon, what's up, my brother from another mother? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Good to hear your voice. Hey, good to see you. Hey, now this is special, huh? Now, hey, hey, I was talking about the other night ago, giving Egg, uh, Evan a segment. Hey, Simeon, we getting our segment tonight. Hey, Steve, go ahead. Start it off. Hey, I tell you what, though. Uh, well, see, I, I didn't talk basketball. Now I'm ready to talk lovey. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not for it. I'm sorry. Uh, but but I want to see the language. You know, I want to see if uh, we, we got out under that big buyout the next couple years and, and this, that, and the other. So, I mean, if the language is right, I, I can live with it for now. And, and I wanted to ask the guys, just because Whitman's saying so, doesn't somebody have to vote on that? Board of Trustees, yeah. It? January. Okay. But right. honestly, I have a question before Steve gets off the line. All right, go ahead, I Simeon. I want to know how many legendary football coaches had a rough start when they started coaching, and it took them a while, but eventually they ended up having a sensational program. 
Well, I'm uh, sure there's a lot. I can't think of any names off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a yeah, few. Kirk Ferentz comes to mind. I don't think it was smooth out of the gates all the way for him. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald didn't start off very well at Northwestern, and now they're playing for a conference championship. Oh, and I mean, I don't know if yeah. you call Kirk. Okay, Kirk Ferentz, one and ten, three and nine, seven and five in his third year. Sorry, and then eleven and two in his fourth year, and uh, only one year under five hundred since then. So you know. There's just one example of the stability thing that comes to mind. Hey, hey, hey yeah. guys! I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, one more thing I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna let Simeon do his thing. But uh, I'm, I'm going to another sport, sport we should all be talking about: Illinois volleyball team. Yeah, I got him uh-huh. in the national championship playing Stanford. Whoa! Mark it down, fellas. Mark it down. Thomas first Hamley. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Hey, Steve. Appreciate Simeon. it. Thanks, guys. Simeon, good talking to you, buddy. Good talking to you too, Steve. Happy holidays. He's from Peoria. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Thank Sim- you guys for yeah, doing that. Appreciate it. Anything else on your mind, Simeon? Yeah, man. I, I have quite a bit, but I'm going to be quick. <clears throat> and thank you for the Lovey Smith uh, information. I love um, the assist that I saw today. I'm really hoping that this will be a confidence booster with us, especially playing in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge next Tuesday. I'm still not that happy with the amount of three-point shots we're taking, even though we were pretty successful today. I, I'd like to see more of an emphasis of getting to the basket and more of an emphasis yeah. on uh, rebounding. I think we need to rebound by committee because I'm watching all of our big guys, and I don't see anybody that's that great of a rebounder. Um, I, I was glad to see Kipper uh, score. We need him to do this throughout the season if we're going to be successful. Um, one thing that I, I did enjoy seeing is Samba seems like he's got soft hands and he can catch some of those passes that the guards have been throwing to other big guys and they haven't been able to get them. And I have a question for you guys. Um, in 2005, we were small like we are now, and those guys um, were able to uh, uh, rebound. How were they? Let me say this first. I know we don't have an Augustine on the team. But how were they able to be successful when they went small? Because I know that they they were outsized by a lot of the teams in 2005. Well, I mean, D. Brown and Darren Williams were really, really good. And when James Augustine stayed out of foul trouble, he had that kind of savage mentality, kind of like a LaRon Black, where you're right, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, but uh, he could pull down some rebounds and he could throw down some dunks. You also had Roger Powell in there as well and Jack Ingram coming off the bench, who was a decent-sized guy. That was just kind of a perfect storm of everything coming together at once. But it's an interesting comparison. Hey, Simeon, good to hear from you as always, and uh, I assume we'll be hearing from you soon again. Yes, you will. You guys stay warm out there. Okay, thanks much. Simeon in Norfolk with us. Uh, And we go to Alan on the PNC. Hang on, go ahead, Tim. I'm just going to say the only time I would let the callers monopolize the conversation is Steve and Simeon. That was pretty cool what we just did there. Special special occasions. Alan in Montrose, you're up, Alan. Well, guys, uh, I guess it's a nice win today. Let's face it, it's a cupcake. But anyway, the Levy Smith situation. He had three more years on his contract. What did he do to earn it the two more years? All it is is just going to be more buyout. Uh, I agree you with you on the, I agree with you on the field, not a whole lot, but I mean we've covered why it happens, and this is not unusual in the world of college football. It's for stability and recruiting and stability for coaches. But go ahead, continue, Alan. Okay. 
offense is improved. We've got all of our running backs coming back. I don't know what kind of quarterback we're going to have. That remains to be seen. It'll be MJ Rivers with Williams backing him up is my guess. At least to start. Probably. But defensively, we have not gotten any better. You could make an argument that our defense was much worse than the last two years combined. I don't disagree Uh, with you on that one. I don't know who he's going to get that can improve the defense in one year. It's not going to happen one year, not with that defense. At the very minimum, it'd be at least three years for defense. Mm. We're not going to go through a bowl game next year, not with this defense. I don't know. I think a defense Uh, can improve quicker than an offense. Maybe I'm just mm, thinking that out loud, and that's not true. But uh, I disagree with that because, for one thing, we don't have the recruits. We don't have the recruits coming in, and we're already extremely weak up front. Our linebackers are weak and slow. Defensive linemen are weak and slow. And then secondary is not a whole lot better. So where do you go to next? Appreciate it, Alan. Three five six nine three nine seven is the PNC Bank fan line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is three five one five three five seven. Let's bring you our Pekin Insurance Beyond the Expected play. For Beyond the Expected coverage and service, contact an independent Pekin Insurance agent today. Visit PekinInsurance.com. Will this be the only time that Samba Kane is our Beyond the Expected play of the year? Not sure. I hope not. But just in case. Back to Io under the basket, Dosumu. Spin oh. pass to Kane, who slams it in. Oh, there's a pretty assist. <laughs> Dosumu to Kane. They team up, the two freshmen, and he slams it in. That made it 53-37, and Samba Kane with a nice feed from Io Dosumu. One of his nine assists is our beyond the expected play from Pekin Insurance. Keys to the game coming up. We continue the conversation about Illinois basketball today and the Levy Smith contract extension. We had to get uh, had to get our sea legs over with. I knew it would be hard. It's especially hard mentally. That's as probably as as um, mentally out of tune as we'll ever see AJ. Uh, but uh, again, we rode that horse uh, with AJ. We rode him pretty hard, in Maui. So, uh, but again, I thought you know I thought we did some nice things off the bench and and. Um, you know, probably played I.O. too many minutes, but uh, but I thought he was dominant tonight. Nine rebounds, nine assists. Uh, I love that stat line. 699 points, rebounds, assists for I.O. DeSumo. Love that some days he'll pour in 25. Some days he's dishing out the ball. It's a nice job there by the Illini. Highly touted freshman. Illinois falls to, check that, Illinois wins over Mississippi Valley State. <laughs> Got to remember what sport I'm in. We just did <laughs> We did that one yesterday. yesterday. We? Okay, we did that yesterday. Uh, they beat Mississippi Valley State 86-67. to Scott Beatty alongside Tim Dittman and Evan Kahn. And Devin in Jacksonville says, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, would like to see the ball go inside more. They did that better in the second half. Uh, from my perspective, it almost seemed like they were consciously just, we're, we're going inside every play, we need to work on this. Uh, anyway, Devin continues, it's important to have a big man in the game to do that. Hopefully one of the three is on the court at all times from here on out. We won't win many games not getting inside the three-point line before to- tossing up a contested three at the end of the shot clock. 
I was happy to see Underwood change the offensive approach in the second. That's Devin's thoughts from Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree with De- you know, I don't want fans to misunderstand me that, you know, just because Illinois' uh, uh, front court play is not that great this year that Illinois and Brad Underwood should just abandon that altogether. I mean, when Illinois is going up against the Isaac Hazes of the world, yeah, they're probably going to need a couple of big men on the court, Georgie and Adonis or Adonis and Kane or Georgie and Kane. Otherwise, Isaac Haas is going to blow by him and, and get 20, 30 points a game. And I'm just using Haas as an example. You could extrapolate that to all the other teams in the in the Big Ten that have really dominant big men. But, again, Brad Underwood was up front, up front from the beginning. You know, guard play is going to be our strength this year. Forwards are going to be our leading rebounders. And we're just going to have to do, when I say we, I mean the team. I'm not a part of the team. Um, just going to have to do the best we can in our post play. Indeed. Next up, Illinois will play Notre Dame on Tuesday night. That's a 6 p.m. tip. And our game day coverage will start at 4.30 here on both these stations with our local pregame coverage. And then Brian and uh, Brian and company from Notre Dame, South Bend. By the way, the team leaving Tuesday morning, that's an unusual uh, itinerary given the proximity to South Bend, they're deciding not to leave the night before. And I think it's also coming off all this travel. I believe there is a policy in place, at least in Big Ten play, where you have to be there the night before to avoid travel problems. So I don't know how this works in this non-conference setup with the Big Ten ACC Challenge beats me, but I remember Jim Turpin saying Lon Kruger used to leave with the team the day of. Kind of get in, get out. Let's play our game. Uh, so I assume they're flying, but if you know if there's any issues getting out of the airport, it's close enough you can bus. So, but I, I do like it gives them one more night in their own beds to get reacclimated. Uh, not a bad move. And Brad Underwood, back at Media Day, Big Ten Media Day, said he had consulted with uh, the upperclassmen on this and Aaron Jordan and such to say, hey, well, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to go out the night before, or do you want to go out the morning of? So. Just a little bit of extra tidbit on how the Illini are getting to Notre Dame on Tuesday night. 8 eight and 11, by the way, Illinois' record in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. We had a caller ask about that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I think there's a write-up from Mike Pearson in the News Gazette sports page today on how everybody's fared in the Big Ten ACC Challenge as well. All right, that way too loud scoreboard music bed indicates Evan Kahn is here for a look at our scoreboard. How you doing, Evan? Uh, we're doing pretty good. It's a football Sunday, so we'll look at some football scores here. Three afternoon games right now. The Chargers leading in L.A. 21-10 to over the Cardinals. Broncos have a field goal and lead 3 to nothing over the Steelers so about a third of the way into the second quarter. About the same in Indianapolis. The Colts and the Dolphins knotted up at 7, about 11.5 to go there. Um, not a whole lot of uh, football teams of interest playing. The Bears played on Thanksgiving and won 23-16. to And the big game tonight, Packers and Vikings on Sunday night football. A lot of playoff implications there. Are you ready for that, Tim? You bet. <laughs> uh, Tim's a Packers fan. We don't hold it against him. Um, big game for them tonight. <laughs> All right. Thanks much, Evan. Do appreciate it. And as we said, coming up, it's, uh, well, let's see, various sports programs coming up for you to keep up with the Illini. First of all, tomorrow morning on 
News Talk 1400 on our AM side. At 9 o'clock, it's Monday morning quarterbacks on Penny for Your Thoughts. Brian and Lauren will have that. Josh Whitman is going to be on the program at 10 a.m. You want to tune in for that. Of course, Monday night sports talk on our AM side tomorrow night at 5 o'clock from the Esquire. The first Brad Underwood show tomorrow night at 7 o'clock from Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. So all kinds of good stuff tomorrow. And then Tuesday, we've got the game against Notre Dame, 4.30 coverage, 6 o'clock tip. We will be here afterwards for the Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show. And Illinois volleyball will certainly be in the postseason. We'll have details on that tonight. They'll find out their fate on the selection show tonight. So uh, they'll hear that. By the way, midweek, Illinois women's basketball in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. They're out in Clemson on Wednesday night. So you'll hear that on our AM side. I'm pumped for volleyball this week. This will be a great week of sports. I mean, th- I mean... Illini Volleyball, what are they on, a 13-match win streak, I yep. believe? I mean, they are really – this is year two for uh, for Coach Thomas. He went to the Sweet 16 last year. He's ranked number four in the nation now. Could be number two tomorrow because BYU lost and Minnesota lost, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was Stanford 1 and 2 in the rankings tomorrow. Probably going to get a, a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, which means they – would host all the way through regionals, so it could be Champaign and then up to Minneapolis for the Illini. Uh, hey, fan, if you're listening to me, get on board Illini Volleyball. If you haven't by now, you must be living under a rock, but get on board with Illini Volleyball because this is going to be a lot of fun. How cool would it be a Stanford-Illinois National Championship, Thomas versus Hamley? Of all the dramatic things. <laughs> I don't know if that – that would be kind of cool for an outside storyline. I don't know if that would be great for the players. They don't need that extra – um, because it really shouldn't be about their coaches as much as it should be about them and what they've done. But that would be a neat storyline. Come back. We'll wrap this one up. This would be a difficult game just from the standpoint of the, the mental part and tired. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like, I thought there were a couple selfish plays uh, toward the end that uh, uh, drew my ire a little bit. But, uh, but all you know, all in all, I thought, you know, we did some things where we can move on and, and get through this, and now we can uh, get prepared for uh, for Notre Dame. Nosubu across the timeline, kicks it in the right corner. Griffin for three, and he buried it. Griffin hits the three, his second of the game. He has eight points. The Illini with their 16th made three. That ties the school record against Arizona and McKendry in two games where they've hit 16. Alan Griffin there putting the Illini in the record books. Got to add another line there to all the times they've netted 16 in one game. Two of them against uh, smaller non-conference opponents and one time a really, really big game in which the Illini beat Arizona in the Elite Eight to go on to the Final Four. That happened in 2005, by the way. I found that interesting. (laughs) We just looked that up. Illinois did that back in 2005. All right, uh, let's talk about our keys to the game in this one as Illinois basketball beats Mississippi Valley State 86-67. to They're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign, the unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them takes you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank infested. Well, it was a night where Illinois was facing a lot of zone. They took what the defense was giving them in that sense and shot lights out from beyond the arc early on, and that was a huge part of this game. Yeah, one of the things uh, Brad Underwood spoke about uh, uh, during his uh, pregame uh, media scrum 
uh, he used the term blow buys, and we saw a lot of that out in Maui. You actually brought it up, Scott, where guys, uh, Illinois on defense, just let guys slip behind them and get open looks uh, right up, uh, you know, right next to the basket, almost as if they just lost track of their man or didn't know he was there to begin with. And Brad Underwood acknowledged that in his pregame news conference. So you look at how that bears out, you know, points in the paint tonight. Uh, Mississippi Valley State had 32, Illinois had 28. So yeah, maybe still a little bit uh, room to improvement, uh, room to improve there. Another thing I keyed in on, uh, Mississippi Valley State, uh, very turnover prone coming into this ballgame. They averaged 14 turnovers a game. Opponents got 16 points per game off turnovers. Illinois, on the other hand, has the, uh, at least coming into the game, had the seventh uh, turnover rate in the nation, was averaging 20 one points off turnovers. Both teams ended up having 13 turnovers tonight, and Illinois got 14 points off of those 13 turnovers by Mississippi Valley State. Uh, so about in line with what the numbers might predict there. Indeed. All right. Thanks for our keys to the game there. They are brought to you by Hickory Point Bank here in Champaign. Okay. I think that's going to do it. Let's see. Do we get any texts that we didn't get to yet? Um Appreciate everybody weighing in. It's what we thought might be a little lighter Sunday. Turned out to be kind of news heavy with uh, news heavy with Lovey Smith's contract extension. Harry texting to uh, basketball note needing to get more scoring down low from Georgie B. But um, interesting day here, and that means there will be a lot to be talking about this week. Never a dull, never a dull moment. No, never indeed. Okay, thanks much to Evan Kahn, our producer engineer, who's uh, certainly been putting in a lot of extra effort and time this month as have you tim appreciate it very much always happy to be here all right we'll do this again next november all this stuff you know right it's the busiest month busiest month on our calendar so. yeah indeed uh brian barnhart thanks for his help thanks to jim lewis our operations manager ed bond our chief engineer general manager is mike hale i'm scott Beatty, wishing you a pleasant rest of your weekend We'll talk to you again for Fighting Illini Game Day on Tuesday for Illinois and Notre Dame. Until then, have a great, good one, everybody. Good night. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Station.